Welcome to Out With Dan, the podcast that spotlights and examines the voices of LGBTQ authors, characters, and our allies. Together, we lift our voices and we tell our stories. I'm Dan White. Join me as I chat with this week's author. Hello, and welcome back to Out With Dan. Today, I'm excited to talk to Curtis Ippolito about his work. Welcome, Curtis. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. The last thing I've read of yours is Stealing Paradise. It's part of the Grifter's Song series. How much fun did you have writing it? Oh, it was a ton of fun. Uh, I think uh, when Frank Zafiro, uh, who's the series editor, invited me, I think my initial feeling was panic uh, because... <laughs> It's just, uh, it's a great series, has a ton of fantastic, uh, well-acclaimed authors. And I think my immediate thought was, don't screw this up. But uh, <laughs> once I got past that feeling uh, and had my idea, it was just a ton of fun. And uh, writing it was, it, it went very smoothly. And uh, I just got to inject it with all the things I love here in San Diego because uh, each author gets to set their episode wherever they want. So I set it here in San Diego where I live. And yeah, it was it was a blast. So a quick question. Are you originally from San Diego? No, uh, my wife and I moved here 10 years ago this year. Uh, we're originally from the Dallas area. Uh, we met uh, in college. We both went to the University of North Texas in Denton. And I lived in uh, Dallas for a while, and uh, but San Diego feels like home. And yeah, we've been here 10 years and just absolutely love it. It's a beautiful city. I lived there before you got there, but it's a wonderful city. And I enjoyed the fact that you set, uh, set Stealing Paradise in San Diego. Um, was it a natural fit for it? Uh, was it something you were excited to set it in San Diego? It was. I had this idea um, in the back of my mind, even before getting this uh, uh, invitation, that I wanted to write this story uh, kind of set at the Hotel Dell, which is a famous hotel there on Coronado Island. Uh, you know, Marilyn Monroe shot a movie there. Frank Sinatra hung out there. It's it's pretty acclaimed. And uh, so when this invitation came along of these two grifters uh, who are on the run from the Philly mob, but also uh, pulling cons in each town they land in, I just thought that'd be a really cool place to set it. And I think I, it worked out. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I do too. You know, San Diego has a lot of iconic scenery. Uh, the Dell is certainly an icon in San Diego, and a lot of people will recognize it who don't live there. Uh, and I thought you treated the location with a lot of love and respect. It, I think it it could be very easily overlooked, but yet it becomes it becomes a secondary figure in your story. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah, and so I do know because I. I because I've read it, but I also know that PPP loans figure mm -hmm. into this. So tell us how that happened. And uh, is that, was that your initial concept for the story or that just sort of fed into it? So uh, I had uh, this in the back of my head that I wanted to use that, um, that plot line in a story. So uh, just some background, my wife works in banking and uh, during the pandemic, these uh, relief, uh, loans for small businesses 
were rolled out. And uh, I just kept hearing through the grapevine how these businesses who had millions or had multiple locations and were doing just fine were taking these loans, getting them forgiven. And meanwhile, uh, they weren't using them like they were supposed to. They're supposed to be to help retain staff and uh, keep the business afloat through the pandemic. And these businesses, some of them even here in San Diego were, you know, displacing, letting go employees and then getting those loans forgiven. And that just really irritated me. It just lit a fire under me. I'm, you know, my ethos is always for the small guy, for the little guy. And so when this invitation came along about grifters, uh, I was like, what better mark than someone who had done that, who had taken a, you know, PPP loan and got it forgiven and treated his employees poorly. So it just worked so naturally. It did. And I was such a hero of it. Uh, my day job is in accounting and I uh, I've seen and heard of a lot of stories that went on during uh, these small business loans and how people would certainly take advantage of it. I mean, I think uh, when it started, I think by the third month, they had already arrested some people in the Northeast who were getting hundreds of thousands of dollars for companies that had been closed. Right. So, of course, it feeds into my day job and my and I like you, I do root for the for the underdog or the small man, you know, we we need to pull each up everybody along the way. That's right. Yeah. So Sam and Rachel, in your um, in your installment of a grifter song, have such a beautiful and passionate love affair. Um, was that something that you really wanted to inject? Um, yeah. So. Um... Frank gave us a Bible, every uh, writer, the Bible. And uh, of course, by the time it got to me with episode 34, it was pretty full of, um, you know, what had gone on in the series and, uh, you know, guardrails and what to stay away from and what to lean into. And, and one of the things that really uh, stood out for me in that Bible is the number one rule is Rachel and Sam are inseparable and they're lovers and they're in love with each other and they're the only to, they're the only person that the other won't betray. And so I really wanted to lean into that and to show and uh, that, that love. And I think having read the episodes in the same season of mine that went before me, the writers, uh, Paul Garth and uh, James D.F. Hanna and Nick Kolowoski, they did a really good job of continuing that love affair. And so by the time it got to me, I was just like, it was kind of natural because um, the premise is that they're at the Hotel Dell on vacation and trying to decompress from all those previous uh, antics and previous episodes. And so it's just kind of a natural fit. You're in a romantic place like the Dell. Uh, you're on vacation. It was just a, kind of a seamless fit to kind of uh, showcase their love like that. It was nice, too, because I felt like... Um... You brought a, a bit of youthfulness to that romance, and it was very natural. I almost wanted a cigarette after a couple of those kinds, which is a very big compliment. I'm not a big, and I don't want it to seem like it's erotica because that's not what right. it is, but I'm a big fan of romance when it's done nicely and with respect, and that was something that I felt like you brought out. You brought the youthfulness to it, which I really liked because it was a, 
a lot of passion between them. And that made, I've also read several of the other uh, authors' um, portions in it. Everybody treats it slightly different, but mm -hmm. what I found with yours was there was such a loving passion about it. And it was very enjoyable for me as a reader. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. Do you get much feedback from your episode? And um, do people feel that it's different or similar? Or what do you hear about that? I have. I've gotten really good feedback, uh, starting with the authors who blurbed it. I was really fortunate to get some incredible best-selling authors, uh, Todd Goldberg, Rachel Housel Hall, Matt Coyle. Um, they just said really nice things about it. Uh, I think Matt, who he writes here in San Diego, he writes the uh, Rick Cahill uh, PI series, and he sets it uh, north of, of me, uh, like La Jolla. And mm -hmm. um, he just said, you, you nailed the area, you nailed San Diego. And I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, couldn't do better than that. It was a big honor. Uh, it well deserved to Curtis, honestly, okay. you know, I don't, sometimes you read a story and a city is a, is a secondary character or a character. I didn't feel like your San Diego was so much as a character as it was a feeling. Mm. And that simply added to the story because in this feeling, you saw the love and the beauty of San Diego. And of course you see the underbelly because there's, there's a grift and a con going on. Um, so tell me about some of your other short stories that you've written. Well, sure. sorry, I'm going to interrupt you. I'm so sorry okay, about that. No so I do want to say that you were up for an Anthony Award this year. Congratulations. Oh, thank that's, you. appreciate that. That's a wonderful nomination. And so that was for the estate sale. That's that correct. Right? That's correct. Yeah, it's a story that was uh, published in Vautrin Magazine uh, last summer um, about uh, a couple, ironically enough, um, quite different than Sam and Rachel and they're a quirky older couple who run estate sales and they kind of find themselves in a mess. Um, yeah, that Anthony nomination blew me away. It was, you know, I was honored to be uh, nominated and in such elite company. So that was really great. Um, the other short story I have out uh, is one called uh, Green in California Bound in uh, Ellery Queen, the September-October issue. Uh, really love that story. Uh, proud of that story. So if anyone gets a chance to pick up an issue, uh, please do and let me know what you think. Well, and I am a new Ellery Queen subscriber because of it. So Oh, and I have started it, but I have not finished it. So I will blurb it once I'm finished. Oh, so. Thank you. There's yeah. also a great story by uh, Rob Osler in that same issue uh, called Misdirection. Just love that story. And I told him at BoucherCon that I hope he writes that character again and, and does a couple more stories because I think it has some legs as a short story series. So I hope he does. Oh, that's wonderful. Is writing a short story versus a novella versus a full-length novel, it, are there a lot of differences or a lot of similarities? I think they there are differences. I, I definitely think there's uh, different um, uh, different tactics you have to take. You're working a different muscle. You know, with sh a short story, I may be able, if I have a solid idea, I may be able to write something in a week or two where, you know, a novel takes months and months. Um, and requires outlining. Um, I, I outline novels, um, but I have started to outline very loosely my short stories too, just kind of getting 
like the the main acts, the main beats down so that I don't go off track. Um, and then the novella, that's the first time I have written that length. And it's a shorter novella. It, I think it's around 13,000 words. So I did treat that one more as a hybrid. I outlined it like I would the novel, but I kind of wrote it as I would a short story and just kind of scene by scene. I think that because I do accounting for a living, I think that the outline must be essential. But then I've met a lot of authors who they basically won't outline because they want to see where it lands up. Mm -hmm. I think I would, I know when I've written things, I would be at it for weeks and weeks on end. And if I don't have an outline, then I find myself going off in different tangents because I'm a Pisces and that's what we do. So. <laughs> well, you have been very prolific. I mean, you have been a busy fellow. Do you have something new coming up on the horizon? I have a short story on submission now. Um, it's also set in San Diego um, that I'm hoping I can find a home for. And then I am querying my second novel right now. Um, and I'm really excited about that. I uh, really hope I can get it into the world uh, semi soon. Uh, cool. Hopefully I'll find a fit with an agent and we can take off and start submitting it. Um, and then, yeah, I'm working on another idea for a new novel right now. It just kind of came to me uh, last month, so I'm still working through that and probably will work on some character sketches and maybe a loose outline in the coming weeks. That's wonderful. So um, the new novel, is that a follow-up to Burying the Newspaper Man or is it a standalone? It's a standalone. Um, yeah, it's set in San Diego. It's about two uh, adult foster brothers um, who uh, get involved in a shooting at a liquor store and uh, they go on the run because one of the brothers stole money from the liquor store and it happens to be under control of a uh, local criminal who's using the store as a money laundering front. And so they're on the run trying to uh, not get caught. So I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I'm looking forward to that as well. That's a wonderful thing. And best of luck with it. Thank you. Appreciate that. Do you have a website or social media you would like to share? Sure. Yeah. Uh, my website is just my name, curtisippolito.com. And I'm on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it. I think uh, I'm at Curtis9980. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me. And I hope you the very best of success. Well, thanks, Dan. I really appreciate you having me on. It was a great conversation. Thanks so much. Thank you. Hang on for me just a second. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Out with Dan. You can find more information about this podcast and its host at outwithdan.com on Twitter at OutWithDan, and on Instagram and Facebook at GoOutWithDan. This podcast is hosted by Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, and the theme music is provided by bensound.com. Join us again soon for the next episode of Out With Dan.